What's up, what's up, y'all? Good evening. Here we go. Another episode of A Seat at the Table. Hey. It is Saturday, May 4th. Day before Cinco de Mayo. L L L. I need you not to. <laughs> this is your boy, Zoe, a.k.a. Silky Caramel, here with the lovely, talented, my spiritual sister in the Lord, Lady D. <laughs> Thank you both. We in the building <laughs> doing this live. Yes. We can't tell y'all where, but we just going live right now. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Yes, y'all. So today is going to be one of them topics. Yes. I gave y'all a little preview last week with my little five minute rant or so. But five we're going to be talking about a topic that both me and Lady Z, I cringe at Ooh. and it's actually a bit is actually a symptom of a much bigger issue which we're going to kind of tackle too yep. which is covert narcissism Ooh. and the phenomenon of my truth and your truth honey and everybody's truth let's but go what is the truth <laughs> let's, let's go where's that upper gives so what is truth right now <laughs> I think Iyanla Van Zant coined, and we talked about this, she yes, coined the, the My Truth um thing. Well, she coined it, not saying she's the only person <laughs> that used it, right? but she coined it. And I'm like, but wait, when, when did truth become subjective to who the person is? The truth <laughs> is the truth, or it's not. <laughs> like, so, for those of y'all who, who <laughs> don't know, or don't use it, or don't understand, or have been totally MIA from the world. There's this new phenomenon thanks to people like Ayala and just other other people out there who kind of took it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. This whole phenomenon of my truth. And it's just one of those subtle ways of just saying this is my perspective. These are my feelings because this is fact. This is what I felt. These mm-hmm. are my perspectives. So this is in other words, this is my truth. Right. And the reason why me and Lady Z both cringe at this so hard is because of what she kind of gave you a little bit of preview on. And that is that, again, the truth is not subjective. It's not, you know, well, this is my truth on a situation where this is my truth on what I've gone through or this is my truth on what happened. If it's the truth, then it's the truth. The truth is automatically objective. Right. It does not care. It does not take sides. It does not care about feelings. It does not care about who's right, who's wrong. The truth is the truth. It is fact. It is literally, it accounts for both parties or multiple parties involved, whatever the situation, context, all that jazz mm-hmm. is. And it just... In its own way, encompasses everything. I love so, how you just did your arms. Literally, it just encompasses <laughs> everything. Y'all, he did a, a the hot, whole world. It's a hot air balloon of <laughs> this is what it is. Like, and <sighs> another layer to that is again the topic of covert narcissism, which is a much bigger problem and a bigger phenomenon that is certainly happening. And is again this whole my truth, your truth thing is symptomatic of that because. There's a new type of narcissism that is being researched and being looked into, and that is this idea of covert narciss- narcissism. 
And so covert narcissism is those, again, passive, covert tactics that an individual may use to, again, perpetuate their narcissistic tendencies or their narcissistic mentality. Uh, And so there are several videos on youtube i encourage you all to go look and research it on your own Mm -hmm. because again it is a phenomenon that is being looked into and being researched because again and when you hear some of the and when you hear some of these symptoms again i myself am included in this because again i'm sure lady z is too we all engage in these behaviors to a degree but a covert narcissism this is literally all day every day what they do in any capacity. And I'm telling you this, I'm telling, sharing this information so you guys, again, just be more mindful of the company you keep, be more mindful of your own habits and your own ways of communicating with friends and loved ones. Because again, we all do this and it's not to be narcissistic, but again, which is why it's research, but a covert narcissist, they typically do this as sort of arguably kind of a pre-form of just f- flat-out narcissism, I guess. Well, see, now we got to go. Okay, so if y'all <laughs> couldn't tell, um, my boy Zoe here, he's he's a little bit more uh, advanced in his degree. <laughs> he is almost we done. We both get masters, but I know, whatever. But- <laughs> For me, in the terminology, I'm still learning okay, a lot yeah. of the terms. And so, something about narcissism that I noticed mm-hmm. years ago, and actually, America's Next Top Model, I think it was like the first season, maybe, or the second season, there was actually a, um, they did a photo shoot, and the photo shoot had different, I, I think it was like different, um, I won't say different mental issues, but it was like different disorders. Okay. And so they had one person that was bulimic, one person that was anorexic. Oh, that was. I think yeah, it was psycho two. Yeah, it might have been psycho two because right. I think one of the girls was bulimic, and she and one person was actually and what for one of the photos. You're right. Shows, one of the photos. She was right. narcissistic, and it was like she just looked at herself, and that was it. And I was like, okay. And then you know, getting into this field i'm like oh this is actually a real thing oh it's not right. just the socialized or social um a pop culture right. uh a little trend that's like oh okay i'm just narcissistic you know people just throw words around and right. i'm like oh it's actually a real thing so mm-hmm. d- definition wise it's defined as excessive interest in or admiration of oneself and one's physical appearance Mm-hmm. To add to it, as far as the DSM is concerned, right. which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. Manual, big old thing from the um, Psychological Association. APA, y'all. Man, a big old book. It's like a thousand Volume, pages. Volume, version five. Right, that part has Possibly hashtag. six in the okay. next year. Okay, so. <laughs> right. I think we have seven years for the next Just one. Just so y'all know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's big. So for anyone that's ever studied psychology, you've taken one psych class or you've, I don't know, just done some research, you have probably heard about the DSM. Um, That is like the Bible for any mental health Mm. clinician in whatever, no matter if you're um, a doctor or if you're a licensed therapist, that is your Bible because it has everything in there. And it's, they do a new one, I think every 13 to 15 years, something like that. They're on the fifth version of it now. And in that fifth version is narcissism. 
So the thing about, uh, just to take the definition of narcissism even further, yeah, I'm like on a rant. Yeah. <laughs> but. Go ahead, girl. Okay. Educate. Educate. But, well, my thing, because I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, initially, I was like, oh, it's more than just this thing that I saw on America's right. Next Top Model. And everybody, well, not everybody, but, you know, people just say, um, she just narcissistic. And you think that that's like, oh, they just like themselves. Yeah. No, it's deeper. It's like literally you belittle any person mm-hmm. that dare speaks against or it's, or actually has a different opinion than you. Throw shade, mm-hmm. y'all. Sound familiar? I mean, the shade is real. And, so, and sometimes <laughs> it's bad because it's a form of control and manipulation exactly. too. Exactly. And so in the last um, in the last recording that we did, that mm-hmm. was um, like a catch up with identity. Right. Um, I talked about my leader that yes. ordained me. She was actually narcissistic. She, she was, was a diagnosed clinically depressed, but she was also very narcissistic. Mm-hmm. So I know what it's like to be under verbally abusive or narcissistically mm-hmm. abusive. Um, mentorship she was like my spiritual parent so yeah it was it was a lot to break from that but that was her thing my mother actually caught it because she heard her speak once and my mother has uh, her master's in counseling and master's in social work and so you know stuff doesn't cut off easy yeah and so my mom heard her talk once i think (laughs) in a three minute span she was like oh okay and never said anything to me till like two years later when i finally broke was kicked out of the ministry Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, oh, yeah, she's narcissistic. She's definitely clinically depressed, yes, but she's definitely also narcissistic. And I was like, wow, you didn't say nothing, Ma? <laughs> but anyway. Gotta give, it, gotta give it up for mom for knowing just right off the bat. But, but that that's the narcissistic aspect. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the my truth and your truth, it definitely plays on that. I think it plays on it just like we can pop-culturize narcissism and try to make it something that is um, like, oh, that's just this when it's a big situation. Right, because for those of y'all who piggybacking up what Lady Z said, the big part of narcissism is that it is indeed a personality disorder. And yes. people feel like, you know, again, we hear that term and we just think, oh, something's weird or something's off about that. No, for narcissism in particular, it's very shame-based. That's why you get... The, the manipulation, the mm-hmm. the verbal abuse, the emotional abuse, because yeah. in a lot of ways, they're trying to bring you down to what they're actually feeling on the inside, which it makes sense for your mentor to be depressed because I'm sure there was a lot of shame, a lot of negative feelings that they didn't want to address and talk about. And so, again, saying that to say that be careful if you have friends who you might think be narcissistic or covert narcissists but here are some of the signs that according to um, a psychiatrist um, once again you can find videos on YouTube but Mm -hmm. he actually talks about there's a few signs of covert narcissism to look out for and that is that of course the main thing being that this person has no empathy so these are the people who when you're going through a life situation or you're talking about something you know really heavy really emotionally you know clenching gut-wrenching they're kind of just like it's almost like talking to a wall they're kind of like okay um i'm sorry to hear that you know hope it gets better you know, they don't really engage in it or in a lot of ways they avoid it altogether completely. 
um, again, that's that no empathy. And we all know empathy is being able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes Mm -hmm. and be able to feel what they feel, try to understand what they feel, try to meet them where they are and let them know that they're not alone. It's okay. Covert narcissists, they can't do that. They have no empathy. Leading into just some other things, which is self-absorption and being self-centered. So these are the people who, again, like they just defined for narcissism, they are obsessed with their own stuff, their own achievements, their own looks. These are the people who make it all about them, who guide the conversation back to them, who make sure all of the attention and focus is on them. And... Again, and this is why I'm saying we do this without even realizing it again. Like, we're having a conversation Mm -hmm. and somebody makes a point and then we kind of make a point Mm -hmm. that's kind of similar to that. It's not so much that, because I always remember a conversation I had with my teacher when she was talking about this topic. It's not, that's not what it is. When when I say self-absorption and self-centered, these are the people who literally steamroll the conversation in a lot of ways to make it about them. So, there's never a moment where you have your time to shine or time mm-hmm. to let off steam or time to crack a joke. These these people are literally like the party 24-7. They, that's how they want <laughs> it to be. Just about them and them only. So That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because they... Um... I was thinking, I was trying to, and that was my sister, <laughs> I was, I was trying to um, explain it to, because uh, I was talking to actually my sister, because I, so I knew she wasn't going to have a chance to really listen, but I was like, yeah, you know, covert narcissism, I was like, okay, well, let's think about it, covert would be low-key undercover, and then for the narcissism, okay, we know what that is, and it's like, all right, well, and I kind of thought of what we initially talked about, and you were like, yeah, you know, it's... Pretty like say it's something that you're going through that you're letting steam off of, mm-hmm. and then the other person is like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I've re- the narcissistic person. Oh, wow, you know the same thing happened to me." And I mean, what do you? And then and then like you're like, "I mean, what do you think? What can you yeah, do with this?" And that's right. like, I can see it being that way too, yeah. like the lack of empathy, but then also not even just that, but then switching everything over, and it's like. Bro, I that, need help. Now you're telling me about this and that, how you need help. Right. Awkward much. Right. So that that's what made me... That's exactly. the best way that I could actually explain it to better understand That's it actually a perfect example of that. It's that they kind of take what you're going through, relate it, and then flip it to where it's just like, so how right. can you help me with that? Or like... You know, like, so, kind of like, wait, weren't they just going through that? Like, can't they have a moment? Like, that part. <laughs> let me have it. Right. Like, let them have something. So. And so now the curiosity is where, because, I mean, we can think of anybody that does it. I mean, I think the intention is the biggest thing and right. that separates it from being narcissism versus mm-hmm. just being, like, lack of self-awareness, yeah. <laughs> I would say. But 
now let's think uh, we were when we were talking about this initially we we're talking about how we might see it in the church i want to say yes well like, actually let me let me say ooh, these last two points and yes, we'll actually I'm, get there I'm a, I'm we're actually gonna get there know, i was trying yes, to go for the jugular we're, gonna go there. <laughs> we're gonna get there so the last ahead, the last two the last two symptoms are a, a inconsistency in words and actions oh gosh and a projection of their reality onto the another person, if not the masses. Which, for those of you who don't know what projection is, projection is an ego defense of where you're literally taking your own thoughts, feelings, emotions, views about something, someone, or whatever, mm-hmm. and you put it out there, and you leave it out there, and you make, and you... Talk about it and present it in a way to where it's fact. And so these are the people who most of the time they yell. Most of the time they may try to dominate the conversation. They may try to manipulate subtly and just say like, this is how they are. And they kind of play. You are right, and And they will literally (laughs) try to no for real. They'll do that, (laughs) and they'll try to come up with examples or use things to kind of fuel their point. But when you really break it down and meditate on it, it's really just an empty shell. And that's why, again, going back to the whole thing of narcissism, it's all about manipulation. It's all about control. It's all about the abuse to where. Gaslighting is involved in this too, where you get wild up and it's like they be trying to make you seem crazy or make you seem like the bad guy when it's like you start to doubt yourself and your own sanity when it's just like, no, you were right to feel the way you feel. And stick to it. So, not narcissists. This narcissism, the gaslighting, all this. (laughs) All this matching your truth, yes, saying that to say that it's everywhere. People do this, bosses do this, management does this, your significant other may, or you may have known somebody's significant other who does this, a friend, air quotes on that, may do this, Um, co-workers, you know, people do this everywhere. Right. And... One of the settings that also does this that we were talking, me and Lazy were talking about earlier, was, and she got touched on it with her mentor, and that is the church. And I feel like this is why church hurt and people don't want to go to the institution in Israel, because there's a lot of... (laughs) As the as the as the pastor would say, there's a lot of evil spirits. <laughs> there's a lot of spirits in his house. Ooh. That a lot of again and then, yeah. and then rightfully in in a lot of ways it's true because you know again when you again when those of the, those of us who are saved, those of us who believe, you're kind of like okay, now we're on the other side of this. Mm. You know. My my prize is in heaven, you know, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And you sort of, again, put on your Sunday's best, go to church, and then when you see somebody else coming in and they're not at their best or somebody's having a bad day, it's like you get to murmuring and you get to 
not showing empathy, showing compassion, and then you start to project, and then you start mm-hmm. becoming inconsistent in what you say, what you do. It's like, I mean, the you, spirit of pride, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> and the thing is, see, for me, I felt it on a different level. I can imagine because we all feel it on uh-huh. that, especially growing up, Church of God in Christ. All the holiness in the oh, world. Oh, Baptist too. Oh, like, yes, yes. Oh my God. Missionary Baptist. Oh my God. Pentecostal. You can yes. it. it. You gotta dress a certain way and be a certain way. Uh-huh. And I grew up like that, so I knew how to do church. Ask me if I had really had a relationship with Christ. I didn't know. Yeah, right. Like when you're young, you don't know. You just if your parents are already in the church and you're like, okay, you're five, six years old. All right, well, I guess that's what holiness is supposed to look like. I have to wear dresses. I got to wear stockings. All right, then this is what it is. Okay, I'm saved. They're saved. So I'm saved. And you don't know any better. And you continue continue to uh, function in that reality unless someone else says something different. Uh, or you have somebody that's real that um, I was, well, given the age, probably like that's in the youth department. That's not just oh so holy or or we have to do this or we have to do that. It's like, no, what does your soul really look like? What are your real thoughts? What's really going on? Christ can meet you there too, you know. And we we miss that um, yeah, a nobody lot. Talk, nobody ever talks about that. And I think... That was one of the biggest things I know being young was separated me from a lot of people was that that's really what I thought it was about. It was mm-hmm. like, again, not trying to throw shade or call nobody all their stuff, but it's like, so-and-so, why did you do that if you claim that you're saved? Or like, mm-hmm. why are you gossiping if his word says don't gossip? Like, Because mm-hmm. again, like, when you're young in faith, like you're trying to make sense of, right. okay, this is what his word says, why are you doing this? And it's all, and again, when you don't get that clear explanation, it's just like, you know, again, as culturally we've been brought up on, it's just like, you know, this is what we do, this is what it is, like, because I say so a lot of the times, or because, you know, yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, this is what it is. It's just like, mm-hmm. you begin to question, and again, but that's where ultimately your relationship with God, that's actually where He meets you at. It's, yeah. Instead of looking to other people to be an example, mm-hmm. turn to him and his word and ask him, like, show me how to live, show me how to be, you know, so I don't, you know, so I don't look like this because, or again, have to ascribe to this quote unquote, this is what a Christian identity this of what a Christian style. is supposed to look like. This lifestyle that... Which is, again, <laughs> inconsistent with words and actions. Right. Somewhat self-absorbed and self-centered. And then it's like, again, if you was to call somebody out on they stuff, it's this projection of, you don't know me, mm-hmm. or you're too young. Mm-hmm. Like, use their power, their position of authority, which is, again, another thing a lot of narcissists do. They use their intellect power some form of it to again dehumanize other people because again it's shame based they want to Mm -hmm. bring you down essentially to what they're feeling and if they can get you emotionally that's exactly what happens it's that manipulation that power control that they love to play with you know I have two things one Uh um with the 
ministry that I came from, and actually both of these things are regarding it, but just from two different uh -huh. situations. I had uh, one of the other ladies that I was in a mentorship program with under the same person. Um, that lady uh, was an old coworker of mine. Oh, wow. And we, uh, she, we, we always kept in contact and she, I would just, you know, share with her what was happening on my end and all the good stuff. And she was mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, I've been looking for a ministry that I can learn under. And we had, um, this intercessory training course that we were doing and we, um, and she wanted to be involved. It's interesting because so many of us. We didn't even know that we were already having some type of manipulation happening with the leader and us. Mm -hmm. And she came in and I forgot that all the conversations that we had when I used to sit by her at work and she had already been through pastors that were a hot mess, mm. to say the least. Narcissistic mother as well. Mm. So she had had all this experience with that. And I, I was, I didn't, I didn't realize that she already had like a defense situation going on mm -hmm. where she, she already knew what to do. I didn't even, I didn't think about it, didn't realize this was an issue, not until I got kicked out of the ministry and was reminded that she was still there and still getting trained, even like six, seven months after I was kicked out. And I had a conversation with her. Um probably eight or nine months after I was kicked out of the ministry and she was talking to me. She was like, yeah, no, she's like a narcissist. She's like, I could, I, I peeped that the Lord told me she was like, and I, and I, I'm a big fan of boundaries. I always have been for a reason. Mm -hmm. And she was like, and she's always, and she's like, and she gave me different instances of where our leader after, you know, getting rid of a lot of us, was trying to kind of get her sucked into everything. And she was like, no. Mm -mm. She's like, you keep everything objective. You keep you your boundaries to. up. You and to. it actually hinders that. And it will frustrate the person that's narcissistic. Exactly. And it happened. And she, and she literally broke it down. Like, it actually, that's literally exactly what happened. The mentor got extremely frustrated and gave her an ultimatum of either you're, you know, learning here and serving here and submitted here or you're not. Like, you can't just take the class, even though initially the class was open to anybody. <laughs> so that's that situation. Yeah. Boundaries, y'all. Boundaries are important. It's so real. Oh Boundaries my gosh. are important. And the other half of it was being... I was the, something I don't know if I ever mentioned, I was the only person that was ordained in this, mm -hmm. under the mentor that ordained me. Mm -hmm. And the person that ordained her was at my ordination. And they, I mean, I got the certificate signed by the whole upline, if you will. Um, I don't even know if the person that ordained her knew how she was. Right. I don't think they did. And it's interesting because you have... You have a leader that's over you that's manipulating you and then you have parishioners that don't get what you're getting because you're the person who's in leadership. You can't even talk about half the junk that's going on at all. And then you have the parishioners or the people that are members 
they see what's happening. Mind you, I'm also the youngest person in this ministry too. So I had people that are old enough to be my mother and my grandmother both kind of seeing what was happening because they would see the interaction like, okay, why don't you just tell her like, no, Aziza, what are you doing? Like, why don't you just tell her that you can handle this? Why are you acting like you can't? Why are you so scared all the time? Like literally would have these conversations constantly. And it's weird. It, it would make it look weird because I'm the one who's supposed to be leading this aspect of um, the ministry and I can't even do it because she the person who's over me won't let me she won't let me just do however the Lord is leading me to do even though the ministry started off with um, this is you know God's ministry this is um, it's just not just me it's everybody's and it turned into it went from this is God's ministry and whatever the Lord has you doing to Aziza Quit trying to steal the ministry. Aziza. Yeah, my first name, y'all. Lazy. But um, quit trying to steal the ministry. Quit, try, quit trying to. Where are you trying to take them to if you're going to? I mean, it was crazy. Inconsistency in words and actions. That part. That was like story time for real. Thank no, for you. Real, no, because no, I mean, no, and that's the thing I feel like, especially like I feel like a lot of young people and young and young just just people who are young in faith experience and that is is that mm-hmm. this is what a lot of what uh, you know they talk about wolf and sheep's clothing or how <sighs> the devil can even come dressed as an angel a lot of times because again you get a lot of you interact with a lot of people that again right. you could be manipulated into thinking one way when just ultimately, and this is why I highly encourage everybody who are young in faith or just learning about God to really read the word for yourself. Right. Read it for yourself. If you have questions, take it directly to the pastor. Try to speak with them directly. You know, I pray he's not like this. He's operating under the spirit of the Lord. And if you have and others in your it. life, <laughs> right? Talk if to you them. have other brothers and sisters in the Lord, please talk Ooh. to them too. But make sure that they are of the right spirit and not this sure. spirit. Make sure that they are mature, they're empathetic, they're willing to listen, they're willing to, again, not judge you. Cause, and they're just understanding of your where you are in your faith walk. Because, again, you get these people where, again, they'll say one thing, like, you know, we're here to do the Lord's work, carry out his mission, carry out... You know, all you know, all these things that sound good, but then like when you work with them and interact with them, you get this inconsistency. You get this non empathetic, like, do as I say mm-hmm. because I'm over you. Right. But then when they get in front of people, it's like they want to paint this information. And that's honestly for me why and why I think what made it hard for me coming up and why I question my faith a lot of times is because of that. It's because I never liked that. I never liked I never liked being in a room and metaphorically speaking, there is human feces under the table and people want to act like the room don't stink. That's Ooh. not me. That's not me. I can't be in a room faking the funk for too long. Like... I mean, I have tact, I have class, I can, you know, tolerate it for a period of time, but if we're just going to ignore the obvious, if we're not going to address it, that I'm usually the one who 
looks like the bad guy and brings it up to people what it is. Mm. And I'm honestly being getting to the point where I'm okay with that. Because I'm getting older, time is getting shorter. So it's like, we need to stop with this whole not wanting to be truthful and be honest and be transparent in the faith because, because like, we said can, not to, or because right. the prophet said this. And so we're not going to know that it now that is covert narcissism. Like, well, really? talk about it. Ooh. Please don't get me so. And the, but the thing about it is that you said something just now, and you're saying um, to make sure that the person, make sure that it's someone that will listen to you. Right. I also would challenge you to say, make sure that it's um, someone that you'll listen to as well. That exactly. It has to be that same reciprocity, that same respect of yes. I speak, you listen, you speak, I listen. And again, that's why that's why everybody's definition of friendship is different. It kind mm-hmm. of sidetracks a little bit because again, if somebody's your brother in the Lord, sister in the Lord, or they're your friend, they're your loved one, I'm not trying to say hold their opinion high, but I mean you should consider what they're telling you. Right. Again, pray about it, seek his confirmation, seek his counsel always. But I mean. If this is someone who genuinely loves you, cares for you, mm-hmm. is empathetic, is willing to listen to you, is willing to be there for you, then you should definitely consider what they're telling you to be right and to be for your benefit. Because again, right. you know, hopefully there are people in your life who get joy seeing you happy and seeing you successful. And vice versa, so yeah. You said that. Mm-hmm. You better talk. Whew, that's some real. That's a whole other can of worms too. We can get into the it definition is. of friendship. Like, I mean, you know what? And let's go to the because you said something. I I gotta I gotta piggyback on it because you're like you know have someone that's happy to see you happy like that will be for you. They want to see you win. Right. You they want to see you thrive, not right. survive. <laughs> that part. I mean, there's people that don't even, that you might not know or that don't even know you, but they see you win and it's like, oh, that's what's up. Congrats to them. And they don't even know you. Like, how in the world do you have some people that are closer than someone that's a stranger uh, aside from social media, you know, just hypothetically, that is more that person that stranger is more for you winning than your supposed friend like come on let's really think about that <laughs> and get into the narcissistic side of that because yes you have jealousy yes you have all those things that are all in that's within or under the umbrella of narcissism because there's a spectrum to it and narcissists especially in the covert sense yeah, no, winning uh, or even and you even feeling good about something or thinking that you did something right or thinking that, hey, you know, I'm happy we got this project done. No, I I remember my experience and nothing I did was right. Nothing at all. At all. I, I oh my gosh. <laughs> nothing at nothing. all. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Like. Being happy, I I knew my happiness was outside of wherever outside of wherever she was. I was happy, 
I was, I, I felt more peace. I'm like, oh, finally, I can, I was excited to go to work because I'm like, good, I don't have to be on my P's and Q's and, and worry about not, let me, let me not even go there. I'll, I'll digress. But it was some very, no, it's that, things. it's that feeling of feeling, and yeah. I see why a lot of people say it's suffocating. It is it, extremely it's suffocating, like. When Extremely. you literally like you and you feel tense all the time to where mm -hmm. again, like when you can just honestly exhale and be yourself and let it go and just, you know, have regular conversations or like make, make mistakes. And it's just like, it's okay. You're learning, you're growing. Like, honestly, like just but something. that's healthy. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like I was just telling my sister today. It's just mm -hmm. like. And that's why, again, the importance of boundaries. Again, just really letting those type of people know that, again, I understand you're upset, but you're not going to yell at me like I'm across the room. Mm -hmm. Again. And deal with the emotions. Right. It's like being able to talk about, you know, hopefully, again, when if you guys have that relationship deep enough, being able to talk about those things that you feel shameful about or being able to nail... Again, discuss and nail those things to the cross because, again, we all have baggage. We all have things we're not proud of. We all done things that we're not proud of mm -hmm. that we do hold a little bit of shame about. But, again, if Lord can forgive you and give you breath in your body every day, mm -hmm. you should be able to, again, pray to him about it. You know, talk to somebody close about it. If it's on you to say something, you know, ask for forgiveness. And just let it go and just let it be because, again, it can, it's very draining and it's very, like, unhealthy to to just live like that. Mm -hmm. and to, to just, live on And just shows. to have people and to just put other people around that if you yourself identify with this. Like, again, I'm not trying to say it's the end all be all, but... Please, please, please go seek help. Please mm -hmm. be able, please get some form of whether it's spiritual help, you know, mental health, or a combination of both. Just something because again, it's it's not doing you any good. It's not doing the people around you any good. Right. And again, say not to say that again. We're all like I said, we're all guilty of doing these behaviors in some way, shape, or fashion. But if mm -hmm. it's something chronic. <laughs> if it's ongoing, if this mm -hmm. is something that, again, you notice with people in the church doing this too, like, mm -hmm. definitely call attention to it, definitely recognize that, and just go about seeking help or go and about see, getting help. And see where the situation truly is and where your emotions are with the situation. Because if you're still, and back to the my truth and your truth thing. Let's go back to Let, that. Let's, let's do that because that's where the narcissistic, um, that's where narcissism can thrive on. It thrives on emotions. Definitely. And so if you're over here under that, whatever that is, like what, or connected to it, whatever that looks like, then like you really got to look at your truth. And it's like, wait, is that really your truth or is that your emotions? Are you really like, okay, we'll get real transparent real quick. For myself, it was, I felt like the, uh, the dumb husband in a relationship. Mind you, she's my mentor. I felt like a dumb husband that couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Literally. Like couldn't do anything right, couldn't do anything right at all. 
And at that point, that would have been my truth. At that point. Exactly. But but that and that's exactly what I want to present and examine. Like, hold up, but that would have been my truth. Clearly, I'm not the dumb husband. Clearly, I'm a chick. A. B. I want to be married <laughs> to a man. C. She was my mentor. So she was like a spiritual parent to me. Like, none of that was right. But that was my emotions. And that's what narcissism did. To right. my, because I allowed right. the, I allowed I allowed myself to be emotionally connected and not have the boundaries, and so then when you allow all of that, then yes, your truth and my truth and everybody else Everything is going to have their own right, truth, right. Uh-huh. right? And that truth is going to be real, and it's like, hold up, wait a minute. So that's why we can't have the my truth and the your truth and all of that because it's not the truth. Period. It's your feelings. It's your and, perspective. And the thing about this whole my truth and your truth phenomenon is realizing, like I said earlier, the big umbrella of just the objective. With the truth. arms, y'all. You guys see his With arms. With the big objective truth. And that is his Wingspan. This. And that is his this. <laughs> like, you know, speaking from personal experience, my own experience of growing up in the church and just mm-hmm. my experience with certain family members in my own home. Again, my truth would have been, you know, I was church hurt. I didn't like, you know, the overly holier than thou religious, but yeah, we're trying to be spiritual aspect because according to my truth, everybody's fake. Ooh. Nothing's wrong with me. I'm real, always been real, and everybody's fake. Right. And again, and I can honestly say for a long time, that was subtly what was driving a lot of my anger was because towards those people and towards some members of the body mm-hmm. of Christ. And that was, again, feeling this, quote-unquote, my truth of yeah. they're fake. I'm not. I'm apparently the black sheep because everybody everybody looks at me and treats me that way mm-hmm. instead of just realizing that, hold on, hold on, hold on, slow down, slow down, time to slow down. Right. That, first of all, we're all human. That again, Lord knows that we're all flawed. We all fall short every day. Mm-hmm. That realizing that, again, I know how blunt I could be. That's a gift I have. That's not a gift everybody has. That's not a virtue everybody has. Again, there's some people who can tolerate stuff for an extended period of time. There's some who can't. There's somebody who are extremely long-suffering and patient. There are some who need to work on that. Mm-hmm. Saying all that to say that there are levels of faith that people have, that again, everybody's faith throughout life is going to consistently grow yeah. and increase. But if, unless you're feeding the right spirit, unless you, in a lot of ways, are asking the right questions, if, if you're not having that conversation with God on a consistent basis, the phenomenon of, well, this is my truth. This is my vindication. This is why I feel and act and do what I do and am the way I am can seem appealing. But you need to recognize that just like that person in your mind has faults, you yourself have faults and shortcomings too. Mm-hmm. That you can't just hold, put all the blame on somebody else mm-hmm. and not own up your to your part to it. I call that realization of the playing field. Again, just simply, and I'm just using the church side example because, again, 
everybody in a lot of ways, even even a lot of older folks, mm-hmm. they may be old, they may have certain wisdoms, but again, again, everybody as as it said, some people are strong in certain areas, some are weaker in other areas. Right. So again, I may be strong in just being outright straightforward with my mm-hmm. and 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 a lot of people are. Right. Again, that's just something that, again, when we see other people's walk, why we shouldn't point the finger and judge and be all like, oh, yeah, so-and-so, yeah, like, you need to fix that. I mean, yes, call it out, but do it in a way and just be encouraging and be supportive and just know that, okay, they're, this is where they stumble at. Okay. And call it out if you're supposed to call it out. Sometimes... That can be the thing that breaks somebody because they might already be working yeah. on that or already feeling some kind of shame or condemnation because they know they struggle with that. Like your filter, just like you said, I, I, I call it like a filter of Christ, of Christ's love. Yeah. Christ's love is not just is not also just an enabling kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not going to say anything because we don't want their feelings. That, yes. It's not that, but it's also not... You need to get this right because you slacking and this is that. And then, you know, it's that filter. It's like, okay, and the, let the Holy Spirit lead you when with right. how you address something. If you're supposed to even be the one to address it. And then when you're supposed to address it. Don't address it the day that you don't even. Case in point, there could be a time that you might decide to address and go all the way off. But you don't know that they were suicidal earlier that morning. And they, they barely even made it to church. Well, say, well, keeping with this theme of covert narcissism and all that, really have empathy in in your approach and just everything. That's why God, that's why in Proverbs it talks about saying things with a kind word. Because a kind word turns away wrath. Turns away wrath. And then, uh, you know, a a sharp tongue can create, I believe it's more evil, something like that. Man. Y'all don't call me on that, but check out Proverbs. That's yes. what we're talking about. But yes, always say things with kindness. Always say things in love. Always say things with empathy. Because again, for that reason, somebody could have been su- they could have been suicidal. Mm-hmm. Somebody could be having a bad week. Somebody could be, you know, just going. You never know what people are going through. Mm-hmm. And so again, just always say things in kind. Always, again address address it in a way you would like to be addressed mm-hmm. meaning that if you're someone who can handle things straightforward okay great but not everybody's gonna be that way so right. again always just say things with tact mm-hmm. and just be mindful that again that you never know what somebody's going through yeah and just keep that awareness and just keep that in the back of your head because it's it's real okay i like i'm big on and that's just the the ministerial side i'm big on making sure you pray about and i mean that's that's everybody that you know every believer but just be be big on praying about about things before you say it because you never know right you really never know what someone's going through. You don't know what. Just like Zoe was saying, you don't know. And you, you don't and know. you don't want to be the reason why. Sometimes it's good to be the reason why. Other times, not so much, depending mm-hmm. on the situation. Yeah. 
So don't be the reason. Pray first. Right. Again, <laughs> don't enable and not say nothing. Like Lady Z was saying, like <sighs> just keep letting Because that's go. big. And again, a lot of covert narcissists know their stuff, so don't try to address a narcissist. Don't call them out on stuff like that. Just like she was mm -hmm. saying, in a lot of ways, pray. Because again, it might not be on you to say anything. A lot of times people already know their stuff. It's just all about just praying them and supporting them through it. And once again, keeping those boundaries up oh, for yes. your for, for your mental health and well-being and just that. protection because I'm sure y'all done heard it. Zoe, Never stay again. around a narcissist. Zo, say it again. Keep, Look. Do not <laughs> keep a narcissist. Keep put them boundaries up. Do not keep a narcissist in your life because it is surely, it is surely a toxic relationship. Yeah, that's true. If you don't have, I think, truth be told, I believe that if the Lord has you in a space to handle something like, um, you know, to handle a narcissist or to handle, you know, whatever kind of um, uh, people that you're dealing with, you're graced for that. Right. But don't, I, I, my, my high recommendation, just like you mentioned, uh, have your boundaries, have them up. If you find that you're struggling with the boundaries staying up or whatever, or struggling with where the boundaries are and knowing where they are, and you just keep pushing them um, out so that that person has more access to you. No, like you might not be graced for it. You need to step away, step back real quick. So, yeah, I, that's my experience. And I, I don't know if I ever got the boundaries. I know I got... I had um, I got kicked out of the ministry. We all struggle. We all struggle with boundaries. We all. Yeah. I love learned for, it after that. Yeah, for those of y'all who got it, good job. Good job, because again, everybody, we all struggle with boundaries because again, we, again, we keep making, we keep readjusting that line in the sand. Right. But you have to kind of draw that line and leave it there again. Mm -hmm. You'll be called approved. You'll be called whatever, like nerd, geek, whatever, for mm -hmm. not doing it, whatever context. But all in all, it's for your benefit. And that part. Just leave it up. I'll just take getting called names as long as I have my sanity. <laughs> yes. So. So we are. Do you want to go now? I mean, we got like a few minutes. We got left. a few minutes left. So yes, guys. So, oh my gosh. So I'm so happy about this because for those of y'all who were listening since episode one, we started doing this and I definitely fell off it. I do apologize <laughs> about that. That is so unchristian like of me. Forgive me. But yes, we are definitely going to bring and going to keep doing something that I feel like we need to do a lot more of, and that is definitely give a few minutes of time for prayer to our yes. Lord to just bless this conversation, bless the listeners who listen, and just, again, hopefully you all took away something from today's topic, um, and just giving it all back to Him, because... The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Mm -hmm. So that part. So Lady Z's gonna with the last five, six minutes or however long this <laughs> needs you to do it. 
to wrap us up with a good word of prayer. Yes. And with that, we will conclude this episode. So with that, take it away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father <laughs> God. We thank you so much for this time. We thank you for this dialogue, God. You are amazing. I thank you, Father, for your wisdom, for your yes. spirit. Um, you have always been welcome in these conversations, God. I thank yes. you for the revelation, Father. I pray, Father God, for each and every ear, each and every heart, Father, each and every mind um, that may be listening now, that may be listening in the future, Father God, mm -hmm. that whatever seeds, Lord, that you've planted in this, I pray that these seeds grow, um, Lord, that they um, are not something that's easily forgotten, nothing that's uh, easily thrown to the wayside, but Father, something to ponder on, Father God. I thank you because you have given us the strength. You've given us the ability, Father, to walk like Christ. You've given us the ability to walk circumspectly, circumspectly meaning um, being able to analyze things from all sides, Lord. That is your wisdom that you've given us, Father God. And I pray over each person, Father, they walk in your wisdom, Father. Lord, That not, not that we hate anyone, not that we um, have any ill feelings toward anyone, Father God, but Lord, that we begin to see things through the lens of Christ, Father, that we begin to um, handle people the way you handle mm -hmm. us, Lord, mm -hmm. yes. knowing, Father God, how to love from afar and how to love up close, Father, and, and not feeling any kind of way um, depending on the person, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that any, for anything that was exposed in this, in this conversation, Father, I thank you, Lord, for eyes being open in this conversation, Father. I pray for healing. I pray for uh, renewal, Father God. Lord, I pray for re-evaluation, Father, of relationships yes. and anything, Father, that we may have allowed into our lives, Father, that, that doesn't need to be there. Lord, I pray that uh, we will be drawn to your word and drawn, Father God, to begin to commune with you more when it comes to our relationships, Father, that we invite you into our relationships and we don't just go about this life, Father God, doing us because that is is not a place of victory no. that's a place of, of quickly getting ensnared by the yes. enemy right. i thank you father that um you are you're doing what you do best which is uh lord you're drawing us you're drawing us closer to you and i pray father god that these words that this conversation would draw more close to you in the name yes. of jesus we bless you father god we ask for safety and security as we go about the rest of this evening and uh, our days to come until we come together again. Um, and it's in Jesus' name we pray and we bless you. Amen. Amen. Alrighty, y'all. So, with that being said, thank y'all for listening to this episode of The Seat at the Table with yes. me and my girl Lady Z who <laughs> He over here looking like he just felt the glory. All the glory. Every time we talk, girl, it's like <laughs> I get reinvigorated with like Oh go Jesus. Yes. To God be the glory and everything. Yes. Amen. Yeah, everybody. And so we thank you all for listening. I pray that again again you have taken some pearls, some seeds to plant in your life. Yeah. Um, and that, and just with everything in the word, and as my dad would say, with everything, just get an understanding. And yes. so, 
again, I don't, we don't know your personal life. We don't know you intimately, but we just hope that what was said today, the information and, and things that we shared have some benefit to your life and that yeah. you just continue to grow and mature. And even if you make mistakes, that's okay. But that you just own up to the whole objective truth. Yes. Recognize your emotions. Give them their moment on the stage of your mind. And then just send them on their way. Because, again, in short, this episode, there is only one truth. And that is the objective truth. Yes. Your perspective, your emotions are your own. And that doesn't mean that they're right all the time. Same with the other person, mm-hmm. because again, there is no three sides to a story. There's only one side, and that is again the truth. Okay. So, this has been another episode. Hey. <laughs> I'm your host, though, aka Suki Caramel. Yes, this honey. is Lady V. Hey. We are signing off. <laughs> y'all enjoy the rest of y'all weekend. Yes. Take care. And we'll see y'all next time. Yes, till we meet again. Yes. Peace. Holla. <laughs> Holla.